Hello and welcome to the Southampton audio programme for their fixture against Aston Villa. We have our usual segments such as Franny Benali and the player feature, but first, time to hear from your manager, Nathan Jones. Dear supporters, welcome back to St Mary's for this afternoon's Premier League match against Aston Villa. I would like to welcome Unai Emery, his staff and players and the travelling supporters to Southampton for what will be another tough test against a team that have shown an improvement under their new manager. Unai is a top-class coach who has achieved unbelievable things in Spain and in Europe, so it comes as no surprise to see him have such an impact on his new club. A week is a long time in football, and for us, last week felt hugely significant in lifting everybody around the club, proving we are on the right path with the work we are doing. Selhurst Park and Goodison Park are two grounds where you really have to fight to get a result. Atmospheric stadiums where the home crowd make it tough for you. To come away with two wins on the road in the FA Cup and Premier League respectively showcase the strength of character of this group, particularly given we were forced to come from behind on both occasions. That is not easy to do against any Premier League club, especially away from home. In between those games, we had the small matter of taking on one of the best teams in the world in Manchester City. We know all about their quality, as well as their proud record in the Carabao Cup in recent seasons, so it was another measure of our progress that we were able to get through to the semi-finals with a clean sheet in front of our supporters. This was not a case of hanging on to a lead and riding your luck. We defended superbly as a team from front to back, restricting a great side to zero shots on target and always carried a threat of our own going forward. These performances and this team spirit must be the blueprint for us now. We've proved we can find different ways to win games, but we have to kick on and keep the momentum building. Your support here at St Mary's is absolutely key to that. Your backing on the road has been wonderful to see, but this is our home and we have to make the most of that advantage from now to the end of the season to get to where we want to be. We march on. The arrival of Carlos Alcaraz, a Southampton second signer of the January transfer window, reaffirmed Saints' commitment to youth. Talented and fiery, the 20-year-old Argentinian is a bundle of energy right up for the fight of keeping Saints in the Premier League. Southampton's second signing of the January transfer window has echoes of the club's summer recruitment strategy as Argentinian youngster Carlos Alcaraz was welcomed to St Mary's on a four-and-a-half-year contract. Whilst the capture of 30-year-old Croatian World Cup star Mislav Orsic signalled that Saints are also prepared to acquire players at the peak of their powers, Alcaraz, 10 years his junior, is a type of long-term project Saints' reputation in the market has been built on. Charlie, as he is known in his homeland, arrives in England as one of South America's brightest prospects. A combative, feisty midfield player, Alcaraz has a relentless engine and the ability to go from box-to-box with his well-timed runs into opposition penalty areas, earning him nine goals for his former employer's racing club last season, whose league campaign drew to a close in October. His last goal for racing was perfectly timed, two minutes from the end of extra time, to win Trofeo de Campeones, Argentina's version of the Community Shield, against Boca Juniors on his final appearance for the club. Fittingly, it came through ghosting into the box and heading home from a cross, which has already become Alcaraz's trademark when still a teenager. That was not the end of the drama, however, as his goal sparked a sequence of events that became global news as seven players were sent off in the melee that followed, including Alcaraz himself for removing his shirt and celebrating in front of the Boca Juniors fans. That took the total of red cards in the final to ten, with seven going to Boca players, forcing the referee to end the game early and award the trophy to racing. All in all, 
It was an eventful way to bow out for Alcaraz, who made his Premier League debut last weekend, two months on from that extraordinary send-off. It perhaps goes some way to explaining why the 20-year-old hopes Saints can help him improve by being calmer on the pitch, but this is a player with enormous potential to complement the fire in his belly, whose exploits back home had caught the eye of Champions League clubs. I'm thrilled to be at this club, it's fantastic, he said, speaking in his first interview as a saint, via a translator. After my first few hours at the club facilities, I can see how great it is, and I'm delighted to be here. It's a brilliant club, I've seen lots of videos about how everything works at the club, so that's what convinced me. I knew it would be a challenge in my career, so I wanted to take it, knowing I was joining a great club, and that's just what I found here. Alcaraz has... Very little grasp of English, but his agent speaks it well. And more pressingly, Saints boss Nathan Jones is fluent in Spanish, the language of Argentinians. I've only spoken to him briefly. We talked about where I'd like to play and some other things Alcaraz revealed. It's really good to know that the coach speaks Spanish because that'll help me over the first few days in terms of understanding the way he and his coaching staff train and work in general. Among his new teammates, Spaniard Juan Lalios is only a year younger than Alcaraz, while the new boy has a compatriot in five-cap Argentina international Willy Caballero, both of whom will help him settle. His 30-minute cameo at Goodison Park was, by Jones's admission, longer than planned given Alcaraz's gruelling week and having gone two months without playing, but will serve him well. He'll get better, Jones said after the game. I don't think he suddenly pulled up any trees with his performance today, but he only arrived late Tuesday night after being stuck on the M3 and then did his medicals all day Wednesday. He watched us play Manchester City and then did a little session on Thursday, and then he's into a Premier League game. It's quite a story, and I didn't envisage putting him on for so long, but we felt we've got to get him up to speed, which was a brave decision considering the magnitude of the game. But we feel that once he gets up to speed, we will see a real quality player. Introduced with the scores level, Alcaraz watched James Ward-Prowse win the game for Saints with a textbook free kick 12 minutes from time, his second goal of the day. Alcaraz had already expressed his admiration for his new captain at his unveiling. I really like Ward-Prowse's game. I don't know if I've said that right. He laughed sheepishly. I really like the way he plays because he has the same dynamic as me in terms of driving forward. I think it'll be very helpful for me to watch him and have him as a teammate. He's very good at free kicks. I really like his shooting technique. I'm going to learn a lot with him by my side. My attributes include shooting from outside the box, headers and getting into the box, Alcaraz said of his own game. That's what I really like. I enjoy linking up with my teammates. I try to push forward and drive towards goal. I think those are some of my attributes. I'd like to improve my game and maybe be calmer on the pitch to develop in the best way possible. I always want to keep my cool and the club will help me do that. I'd say that's one of the reasons why I've come here. In the immediate term, Saints have acquired a fighter with an eye for goal ready to get stuck into the club's quest for Premier League survival. In the longer term, Alcaraz's dreams of following in the footsteps of his countrymen, inspired by Argentina's World Cup triumph in Qatar last month that sparked a tidal wave of emotion on the streets of Buenos Aires, an hour north of his home city of La Plata. I'm really excited to play and train, he said. I'm here to give 100% for this club and for the shirts. I can't wait to get to know my teammates. I'll give my all. 
It was wonderful to see Argentina win the World Cup for the first time in many years, so it was brilliant. Of course, I dream of playing for Argentina. I know I have to work very hard to get there. Playing for the national team is one of my dreams, but I know I'll have to work hard for that. I hope it happens one day. Well, following the interview with Saints' brand new signing, it's time to take a look at the Southampton women's team with their weekly update. Saints suffered a losing start to 2023 as a stubborn lose team took all three points away from St. Mary's in the Barclays Women's Championship. Courtesy of a fast start, the first shooting opportunity arose in the 13th minute when Georgie Freeland stepped inside from the left wing, burning a right-footed effort goalward and almost over the head of lose goalkeeper Sophie Whitehouse via a hefty deflection. From the resulting corner, Saints worked the ball back cleverly to Lucia Kendall, who whipped in an enticing cross towards the far post, but she was denied an assist through some brave defending from the away side, who managed to get a block on the ball before hacking it to safety. More heroics were required shortly after, in the 25th minute when Katie Wilkinson stole the ball in the middle of the park and set flying fullback Ella Morris through on goal with an excellent pass, the defender taking a touch before firing her effort across goal from an increasingly tight angle, forcing Whitehouse into an impressive fingertip stop. Emily Crafts' header shocked Saints just 10 minutes later, the defender towering at the far post to meet an in-swinging corner, evading the gloves of Kayla Rendell from close range and propelling her side into the lead against the run of play in the 37th minute. In the eight minutes that followed the goal, Saints found themselves on the receiving end of further bad news as Megan Collette was forced off through an injury, Megan Wine taking her place. After the half-time interval, Saints started brightly as they looked to level proceedings. A first opportunity to do so came almost instantly, courtesy of Alice Griffiths' diving run from deep midfield. The Welsh woman taking on skillfully, booting two players. She then fed Sophia Farrow with a reverse pass, which she subsequently flicked behind her into the path of teammate Wilkinson, but the final effort and goal was bravely blocked by the onrushing Whitehouse, who read the situation well. After a lively start, the game reduced to a simmer until the 75th minute when Rendell was called into action to save Kraft's header from close proximity, following an in-swinging set-piece. With 15 minutes left to play, Saints looked to step on the gas. Substitute Ella Pusey would be next to Tess Whitehouse, her instinctive snapshots from just inside the area, forcing the goalkeeper down low to dig the ball out from her right post, making another superb stop to add to the ever-growing list. A left-sided free kick from just outside the box in the dying embers may have offered a route back into the game that Kendall couldn't keep her strike down to the despair of the 2,000 strong home support who couldn't believe their side were going to come away from St Mary's empty-handed after such a hearty performance. After the match, a disappointed Alice Griffiths said, we just want to go and put things right and kick on. We wanted to win and we didn't do that. We'll start afresh this week and go again against Durham. Now on to a fan favourite section, it's my favourite match. Today's guest writer is Mark Fickling, who has written extensively for the Hagiology historians who celebrated 60 seasons following the Saints in 21-22. Hearing about the series, Mark asked to report a match that holds special memories for him and his family. The date, 16th of May 2015. The match, Southampton versus Aston Villa. What could be arranged to celebrate the 70th birthday of my friend and lifelong Saints fan Bob Phillips? A question asked by his wife Alice. The answer? Hospitality in the President's Lounge for the last home game of the season against Villa, close to Bob's birthday on the 21st of May. 
with the lounge opening two and a half hours before the 12.45 kickoff. It meant picking up Bobbo and Alice at eight o'clock, but it was a glorious sunny day, full of promise. Alice kept the secrets from Bob for as long as possible, but neither of them knew that Bob's daughter Betty and grandson Oscar, both Saints fanatics, had travelled down from Northumberland to join us for the match. En route, making excuse about the car having a problem, I pulled into the travel lodge in the avenue for us to meet them. The 2014-15 season was the first for manager Ronald Goman, and there was a chance of qualification for Europe. However, the Saints' form had dipped recently, with only one win and one draw in the previous six games. Sensing that the Villa match might be an anticlimax, it turned out to be a record-breaker. The match exploded into life when Graziano Pella scored, only for it to be ruled out by a hotly disputed offside decision which was later shown to be incorrect. If VAR had existed then and the goal had stood, would the sequence followed have been the same? In the 13th minute, Pella flicked the ball on for our Senegalese winger Sadio Mane to score. Sadio later revealed that as he ambled back for the restart, the referee Robert Madley called him to say, Hey, Mane, come on. When he scored again with a simple finish in the 14th minute, he was told by the referee that he would give him a yellow card if he continued his slow walk back. He scored his third and best goal in the 16th minute following what Sadio described as the perfect ball across from Shane Long. This time, the referee told him that he had broken the Premier League record for the fastest hat-trick. Three goals in 176 seconds. During that time, the ball was in play, astonishingly, for under a minute. The 21-year-old record, 4 minutes and 33 seconds, by Robbie Fowler sounds pedestrian by comparison. Surely Sadio's record will never be broken. More's to follow. Shane Long enjoyed one of his best games that day, adding two goals to his assist for Sadio's third. His second was a 40-yard effort that flew over the hapless Shea given to make it 5-0. That strike was voted goal of the season at the Southampton Football Club Awards ceremony at the end of the campaign. Unfortunately, the Saints conceded just before half-time. Christian Benteke planted a fine header past Paolo Gazzaniga from a corner. But Galaziano Pella did finally get on the score sheet 10 minutes from time, slamming home a cross from Sadio. No offside this time. Villa were thrashed by Arsenal 4-0 in the FA Cup final a fortnight later, allowing 7th place Southampton to crown their season by sneaking into the Europa League. So, was there a particular highlight for Bob on his special day? Was it the extraordinary hat-trick by Sadio? Was it Shane's goal of the season? Or was it meeting his all-time hero at half-time, Mr President himself, the legendary Terry Payne, over from South Africa? Bob didn't even have to leave his seat as Terry graciously wished him happy 70th birthday. Perhaps it was meeting other Saints greats in hospitality or some of the current squad in the car park after the game. Without doubt, it was the whole fantastic day that has lingered in the memory. It's not always easy being a Saints fan, but sometimes the football gods do smile on us. And that day, they positively beamed on us. Time now for your tactical watch, written, as always, by Sam Ty. What shape are Aston Villa in ahead of this encounter? If there's a club in the Premier League that can match Southampton and Arsenal for high spirits right now, it's probably Villa. They feel like a team in a good place and are steadily climbing the Premier League table. Like Saints, they switched managers to support the World Cup, hiring Unai Emery from Villarreal. And it's had quite the effect at Villa Park. They've taken 13 points from their last six games, including wins over Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. They've scored in every game Emery has presided over and competed hard in each one too. 
with a new tactical blueprint so far proving a recipe for success. What is Villa's tactical identity under Emery? First and foremost, Emery's Villa has been defensively solid. They line up in a 4-4-2 formation that demands plenty of defensive work rate from the wingers, while the centre-backs are protected by a responsible midfield pivot of Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Louise. In games against extremely possession-dominant sides like Spurs and United, the wingers tracked the opposing fullbacks all the way back while their own fullbacks tucked into a narrow position, creating a 6-2-2 look. It was near impossible to break down. To suggest they pride themselves on clean sheets would be an understatement. Tyrone Mings recently admitted they're so focused on that side of the game, they're even celebrating offside calls. On the ball, they play short from the goalkeeper and circulate it around the back line, attempting to bait an opponent's press and draw the defensive line up onto the halfway line, which creates space in behind. From there, they'll try to feed it into Kamara, who in turn will try to release a speedy forward in behind, typically either Ollie Watkins or Leon Bailey. Where can Southampton find joy against this Villa side? If Saints opt for a pressing strategy, it will need to be perfectly executed. Villa have drawn several opponents onto them and then played straight through them of late, Leeds United being a prime example, so it comes with a risk attached. There's a potential plus matchup for Southampton on the left flank. If Samuel Ledozzi can emulate parts of Wilfred Nonto's twisting turning performance from last weekend, 38-year-old right-back Ashley Young could be in for another stern examination. The battle between those two was quite the sight, with Young using every trick in the book, in addition to showing remarkable fitness and mobility for his age, to keep Nonto at bay for as long as possible. On the other flank, Alex Moreno made an abrupt debut off the bench last weekend and struggled to immediately match the rhythm and pace of the Premier League. He's one week wiser now, but may still struggle at some points. Lastly, you can't even consider a Southampton attacking move right now without envisioning James Ward-Prowse at the heart of it, whose free kick radar is as strong as ever. And finally, time to hear from the Saints legend, Franny Benali. Last week was a great one for Saints. Any team that beats Manchester City must play well and we did everything right from the first whistle to the last to book our place in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. The St Mary's atmosphere was electric on the night and the fans got to welcome our new signing, Carlos Alcaraz. I'd like to welcome him too to the club and I hope his time at Southampton is going to be a very memorable one. He made his debut from the bench against Everton and played his part in the win. We were thoroughly deserving of our win and it backed up our FA Cup win at Palace. Clearly, we were in need of points in the Premier League as well, and it was vital that we transferred the performances to the league. Winning a league fixture for the first time since 1997 at Everton's Goodison Park saw us do that. It had been a long time since our last league win against Bournemouth in October. We can now use our momentum to build towards the Villa game today. It wasn't the best of starts for us at Everton after going a goal behind, but whatever was said at half-time worked, and the changes made helped us. I was watching the game for BT Sport score and seeing the resilience and character in the second half was very pleasing. Having James Ward-Prowse in the role he's currently playing in certainly helps him and the team. As a captain, he's able to instigate a lot of the attacks and the pressing from Saints and we saw that with the first goal. It was a nice team move with good build-up but the composure that he showed at a crucial moment was outstanding. Of course, the second goal with his free kick was something that we almost come to expect from him now. That doesn't make it any easier though because he's still got to step up and deliver. His set pieces are almost like a tennis or cricket bowling machine, where he's that consistent with his execution and can produce it so often. 
I'd like to end today's column by telling you about my latest charity challenge that was announced last week. And you Saints fans can be part of it this time too. The Benali on Tour South Downs Challenge will be taking place on Friday 24th and Saturday 25th of March and will involve a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, hike along the stunning South Downs Way from Brighton to Eastbourne. It's a wonderful part of the world to explore and we'll be raising funds for the Saints Foundation who continue to do so much great work in the city of Southampton. We're looking for people to sign up to join me and my wife Karen for the trek and I encourage everyone to start fundraising and training. It'll be a long day, but a very rewarding one for so many different reasons.